Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trudge through the ink to find the hidden gems. I'm Ishii the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. Hi. Hi. Uh, how you all doing? today i'm recording I'm, from inside a tropical storm i am doing okay i slept in yay it was nice we uh we are actually recording a lot earlier than we normally have been in the past so we're gonna see if that's going to conducive to good podcasting or not um since we're not all like getting like tired from work so hopefully that should be you know, a good thing. Day but, crew you know. begins. All right. So let's get started on. Uh, oh, well, I always forget this. Uh, so uh, if you're first time ever listening to our podcast, uh, basically we watch a bunch of cartoons that are fallen into the public domain or are otherwise very easily accessible. And we just to see if they're worth remembering or not. Um, and we always start each episode by going into whatever news is going on in the cartoon world these days. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with that. Um, so the first thing we are going to talk about is the new Thundercats. Yay. Yay. Thundercats roar. Yay. Okay. Uh, of course. <laughs> well, okay. So, so let me explain. Uh, so, they are. Uh, so, uh, Cartoon Network is uh, doing a reboot. Uh, Thundercats. Uh, Thundercats was a show that it was in the nineteen eighties. It was like in the same vein of stuff like He Man and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I was about to say garbage because, but then I thought that was a bit too mean. But let's be honest, they are garbage. They yeah, are not. Yeah, I good mean, stuff. a lot of people like those cartoons because I think they remember them uh, fondly as children, and I do think that is a valid reason to like something. Uh, but mm. they were trying to sell toys. <laughs> That's why those cartoons existed. I mean, um, yeah, they were they were trying to sell toys, and that wouldn't necessarily be ultra evil, or at least like necessarily terrible. Uh, if it if they were actually good, and a lot of times they weren't, they weren't yeah. at all. That <laughs> they were, they're um, not for me. Right. Um. But uh. So yeah, twenty nineteen, they're gonna do a new series called Thundercats Roar. Um. So Thundercats Roar is uh being produced by uh. Let's see. So I'm trying to find, figure out who is the person who's actually doing. Uh. What was it? Uh, the, basically, it, it has this art style that's like uh, that uh, is very reminiscent of like uh, OKKO OK and several other shows that's been on Cartoon Network recently. Um, yeah, it's a very it's a very contemporary style. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a very I'd contemporary style. It's very loose and simplistic. Uh, and, like, they very, look very noodly and stuff. So, like, they can, like, bend in certain ways and all that good stuff. And uh, apparently that is a bad thing. And also uh, making a cartoon that was not good, fun, and actually looking good is apparently not a good thing either. Uh, so there's discourse on Twitter about this. And thank God I quit Twitter before, right before this garbage started actually happening. Yeah, I don't so. even, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a conversation worth us getting in depth for. I just, I just want to point out that this, I feel like people have a bit of a, selective memory because I, d- I didn't seem to hear this type of commentary going on back when say like we had the whole Craig McCracken style with like Dexter's lab and Powerpuff girls and uh, you know, where they were all like the thick outlines, very cubist right. style designs. Like, That's true. you know, like, like th- this is something that happens every, every generation of cartoons. We, we get, well, uh, we get stylistic consistency among uh, several and that's not bad right. or abnormal. And that's true with also that era too, in the eighties where like, sure, they were like very, like there's a lot of really detailed characters, uh, like, you know, kind of like humanistic, realistic looking kind of characters, like in the He-Mans and all that kind of stuff. But the animation style was also very jagged and stiff and looked honestly pretty goddamn terrible and was also full of animation errors. Uh, so like, here's the thing. Like, the You saying that there's never been a discourse about this in the past, there, there were, but so much of it, like, it, see, the big term that gets thrown out there as like a project uh like as like kind of like a uh, insult towards this art style is cow art style um and that is bullshit because not only has like some of the biggest people who are like have used this art style before like uh adventure uh, uh adventure time which is like probably the first one that really used this type of animation um, did he even go to CalArts? Pendleton Pendleton Ward did go to CalArts. I'm 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 pretty sure he went to CalArts. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I haven't checked recently, but I, I think he did. I I have a friend who studied poetry at CalArts, and I think he told me Pendleton Ward went there. Can can I point something out? There's this one meme that's been going around for like a couple years or so that like Remember where they had the faces of like uh, Dipper Pines from Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, uh, Gumball, and I think somebody else, and then they like sort of like simplify it down to that same shape. Right. That that seems to be popping up a lot, and like that's it's it's really well, it's just like the meme itself. It's pretty simplified because you look at Gravity Falls, beautiful backgrounds, beautiful animation. You look at Steven Universe, beautiful backgrounds, beautiful animation. And in both of these shows, we have we have a multitude of different shapes of heads. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not like I don't know. Like I, it just seems like a, a really silly argument to me uh, that every cartoon should look vastly different from each other. I don't know. It's I've got we've got feelings about this. I think, and yeah. we're not we're not talking about the news anymore. We're talking about our opinions. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm just want to yeah. make a point that like that one, that there's, there was a response to that one meme that was going around, like, cause it showed like a bunch of different faces and stuff like that compared to like, like stuff from the nineties where there were like a lot of these differences. But then there was like, 
they showed that there was a lot of stuff in the 90s that had very homogenous art styles, and there's stuff today that is very dynamic and expressive and looks very different from each other. Like, and also there was, stuff in, there was stuff in the 60s that had a very homogenous art style. There was stuff in the 30s. Oh the, my God, and the 30s. Honestly, <laughs> the 80s had a very like, homogenous art style, like before, because like I said, stuff like He Man, Transformers, uh, Thundercats, stuff like that all did have a very similar art style. G.I. Joe. It was all that really weird, hyper-realistic kind of art style that looked very janky and, like, you know, like, the only time it was ever well-animated was in the intros. Like, I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just amazed that this discourse really even ha- is, like, happening because people are defending Thundercats if it was, like, the sacred text when, like, pretty much the only time I've ever heard people talk about Thundercats is in a joke version where they're trying to say that, oh, like like, making jokes about how, like, 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 I think the last time I heard it was like in 2009 when I think like a college humor video made a joke about like furries wanted to f- Chitara or something. I don't know. I don't even think that's true because Chitara is just a human with girl with like face paint or whatever. It's just. It, what, yeah, yeah, frankly, frankly, I, I've seen I've seen a lot more of like Lola Bunny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like like these these characters are the ones that float around those circles. I I don't think I've ever. I, think, I mean, I've probably seen some Thundercats, I, I think, something or other out there, but not a lot. I think the only reason why there's because like I think that there are straight guys who did find Chitara hot, but they were scared to admit it, and they're trying to say, oh, no, only furries like uh, I don't know. Uh, you guys are weird <laughs> to find Chitara hot. <laughs> you know that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some projecting going on. Yeah, but I, um, anyways, I I I don't want to go forever on this topic. I just want to say like, sure. There, I I, don't, I also don't necessarily want to beat around the bush because there is this whole discourse about how it's like, oh, it's clearly some sort of like liberal conspiracy or something because they're afraid they're going to probably make like. Thundercats progressive or something like that. And they're scared because there's like the Steven universes and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, anything but that. Yeah. Oh no. Positive representation <laughs> of minorities and sexualities and like not treating people like horrifying, like stereotypes. Like, Ooh, that's so terrible. Like, yeah. God, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of silly to me. I obviously, if you don't like the style of the new Thundercat show, you don't have to. Of course, but I, I don't. I feel like I feel like the. I don't know. I, I, I think I, we all agree that the conversation itself is just a little bit ridiculous. If the conversation the fact that it have to be had, if the conversation was literally just, I don't like this art style. I would. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I disagree, but whatever. But the fact that people are like freaking out in such a very specific way that I knew they were going to freak out in a way that just like is like, like it, it's hilarious and sad and predictable as all get out. Uh, I just, I have to kind of mock it, honestly. Like it's, 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 yeah. it's just, it, it, it's always like the same type of person too. Like the person who would probably like make animations that are built like, like, Jack Skellington farting on a kid and then the kid kills himself, which is something I did see. Why don't we uh why don't we get like last thoughts in? Maybe. Um I'm I'm done. I don't have any more. Yeah, my last thoughts okay. are basically just like I kind of just want to see if the cartoon's gonna be actually any good. Like I here's the thing. Uh, the, real quick, just one quick little digression. I was actually defending uh the new Powerpuff Girls for like like when I when it was just announced because like there was a lot of the same discourse about oh it looks ugly it's super simplified all that kind of stuff like all that kind of stuff. there's animation errors or whatever and I was like 
I, I can look past a lot of garbage like that. Like, and cause like it, it, a lot of it could be completely out of context and obviously very like, like, Oh, if you just take a screenshot of something, it's very obvious to see weird blends or whatever. Uh, but then the actual cartoon came out and the writing was terrible and nothing about it was worth redeeming. So I just kind of said, yeah, fuck it. Like I rather judge the cartoon for being actually good or not. than look at the art style and say, this is going to be terrible. So I never watched Thundercats as a kid. Actually, I was more into Voltron. I'm not sure if it was good or not. I, I'd like to assume since people are so like super into it that it was a good show and the fact that they already made a remake of it shows that there's love there. It's just okay. Yeah. I mean trying to figure out how to order these thoughts. Okay. Alright, let's go negative and then positive. Okay. Remake of Ben 10 that they recently put out was crap. Remake of Powerpuff Girls that they put out was a case for some of the writers on that show needing to have their hard drives looked into by the FBI. I'm cautious, is what I'm saying. I'm I'm Look, I'm cautious because I don't want another Teen Titans go. But that being said, I want to talk a little bit about Batman: Brave and the Bold just for a few seconds. So the original Batman series, like Batman TSS, TAS, Grim, Brooding, really well, uh, really well made. Batman Beyond. Grim, brooding, really well made. Batman Brave and the Bold, Batman Brave and the Bold, huge departure. Very more, much more lighthearted. Very much more harkening back to the sixties Batman TV show. Still really well made. So I think that people just need to keep an open mind and see what comes out of this because radical departures aren't always bad. Oh, uh, so. Apparently, they're making a feature-length version of the BC comic strip. <laughs> the what? Which one? BC. Is that the one with the caveman? Yeah, the ca- the caveman, the the weird Christian huh. caveman uh, comic. All right, <laughs> that's a uh, that's a deep grab. What the hell? Yeah, I I don't know what this is about. Uh, it's being released by Parallax Media, uh, with Joan Hart Studios. Uh, like it's, it's, (laughs) I just want to read this really quick quote here for this. All right. BC is an American classic like apple pie in baseball. 60 years strong. The daily strips ran over 800 North American newspapers. Newspapers reached a total of 64.4 million readers. This gives us a tremendous connection with the, to the fans and allows us to expand the BC and on-screen Oscar experience. Thanks to the time-tested quirky ensemble with no shortage of fun material to work with. Uh, and that was the producer, Kevin Richardson. Um, and like, my God. Uh, okay, so... If you're not aware, I can't wait for the BC expanded. Universe. Yeah, that's basically what it sounds like. It's like <laughs> I kind of want like what, <laughs> like imagine if like at the end of the movie there's like a stinger and then fucking like Heathcliff comes out in the background or something or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they made a Heathcliff movie that was anything like the Heathcliff comics, it would be basically neo dada exactly i was just about to say it would be dada i mean they they did make they did make a heathcliff cartoon a cartoon movie back in the day but it made much more sense than the heathcliff comic did the garbage ape garbage ape garbage ape 
yeah, I I don't understand. I like okay, so <laughs> folks that don't really know what we're talking about with BC, uh, BC is this comic that like is just like it, it's it's generally harmless in the sense it's just a bunch of cavemen making jokes basically. Uh, they've already had an animated special once, and it was like for the first Thanksgiving, and there was a whole like it was like total nonsense like the actual cartoon. Uh, and then it ended with the bunch of Cayman praying to Jesus Christ. Uh, and that, and the, like the thing about this is like, Oh God, I'm trying to remember. There was a comic that just, um, so I mean, like I, I can't seem to really find what I was looking at, but there, there are explicitly comics uh, in the, in the BC where like it was involving like, like, the cross and talking about Jesus and stuff like that. It's like, this is literally called BC before Christ, <laughs> before <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> like this is like cavemen. It's not even like we're talking about like Roman era or anything like that. Or like it, it's literally dinosaurs and humans living together. And there's like cavemen like, and like, I mean, if you if you've been reading the theories in the BC fan forums, you would know that the <laughs> the prevailing theory is that BC actually takes place in a post apocalyptic universe <laughs> where we've been sent back to the caveman times. God, so you say that, I'm sure there's someone who actually believes that. <laughs> there's maybe yeah, there's got to be one person out there who who would say what I just said with complete sincerity. But like, yeah, uh, it's it's just like it's, and they also make a lot of references to like stuff like Walmart and stuff. It's like I'm fine with an anarch- like I'm fine with like a comic that kind of like goes like takes like jokes from those like like jokes from today and put them in the past or something like that and a weird kind of. So I was like, that's fine. Flintstones did it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But like just the way the comic does it is just so hackneyed. And like it's 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 basically like any other newspaper comic strip nowadays, which is just like Mm -hmm. it is milk toast. It's milk toast. Old white dudes just making jokes for the other like for like the three people who still read newspapers, basically. Um. You joke, but that's going to be our podcast in 20 years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on, because I kind of I just wanted to kind of rant about BC being so comp- incredibly weird and there's apparently going to be a movie, which. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, do you know if it's direct to video or not? Because if they're trying to release that in theaters, I don't I, know. I honestly that. don't know. Like, uh, like it, it didn't really specify from what I was getting. I was getting my information from Cartoon Brew. That's where I also got the quote from. Uh, spoilers, I use, I just basically look at Cartoon Brew and see, like, things, like, like some recent headlines to see if there's anything interesting to talk about from there. Because they tend to get pretty damn obscure, which uh, is perfect, because then I feel like I have more things to talk about. But, um, but yeah, like, it's, it's, uh... I, I can't seem to figure out where, like, if it's going to be, like, straight DVD or if it's going to be theatrical. All I know is it's coming out, like, a, in tw- ni- 2021, I believe. So. Okay. It's also got a lot of really gorgeous concept art for a BC movie, of all things. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so good news, guys. The first new pop Popeye content over a decade is going to launch on YouTube. The first new Wait, what? Popeye. 
Oh. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. Who's making it? Um, so it's being made by uh let's see, they're uh it's being made by Wild Brain. I don't know who they are. They seem kind of just a small time kind of thing, but uh basically they're just gonna be releasing uh original Popeye shorts uh on YouTube using like a squash apparently a squash and stretch art style, which is that's good to hear. Um mm-hmm. I'm it's not in any way related to that one uh Guinea uh Guinea Travolsky Popeye film that was gonna be made and instead was uh, they made the emoji movie. Um no relation to that at all, but like uh yeah, like it's apparently they're planning to do like a big relaunch of the character in twenty nineteen for his ninetieth anniversary. So there's that. I remember I before I started this podcast, I really liked Popeye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were salad days indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Uh, is uh, is YouTube behind this or are they just sort of doing this on their own? Uh, I think they're just doing it on their own. This isn't like a YouTube red thing. I think YouTube is the platform, not the producer. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was thinking like Cobra Kai is doing really good right now. This, I I've mean, heard- if they started putting out like cartoon series on YouTube, that. That'd probably actually be a pretty good thing, considering all the shit that's on there right now for kids. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've heard weird. Th- I've heard like a lot of good things about Cobra Kai, which is really weird to me. And it's also really weird that it's a YouTube exclusive of all things. Like, I don't know, but um, yeah, like uh, the people who are like the the people who are pushing this is this company called uh, King Feature Syndicate, uh, which is uh, a company that's been like basically like getting like the licensing rights to like make merchandise of like characters like Betty Boop and all that kind of stuff. I think they're also the same people who do like the licensing of like f- dead famous people like like Marilyn Monroe, which <laughs> is hmm. mm, um but yeah, it's it's a but yeah, basically they're pushing because so, I think they're just trying to make these characters more relevant for them, which on one hand, uh, good. Cause I, I don't think there's nothing, anything inherently wrong with Popeye. I think we just got a lot of really shitty ones, uh, or maybe they're all shit, and maybe I'm just being too optimistic about that. Well, we, but. we enjoy, nah. we've, we've enjoyed some of the Popeye cartoons we watched actually on the show. I, we just hated. Yeah. I think dude, the most we, we just got, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've had a really bad run recently. Right. Yeah. I think it's just a bad streak because I, I, do I do know there are good ones so right and they're yeah. also trying to make a push for Betty Boop though there's no real no announcements about like making new Betty Boop content which honestly I kind of would like more than a more Popeye content because P- Betty Boop is a yeah, really I, fascinating I character be, and I really like her a I would lot. be really curious to see how they could make Betty Boop more contemporary yeah I would I would I 100% support that I would uh do more animation tricks with her that'd be cool yeah so like yeah just do some like get a horse type yeah that'd be cool uh yeah the mixes of different genres that'd be cool um but yeah uh but yeah it's uh like it it just seems like they are making out trying to make these characters more relevant which on one hand is really good but on the other hand they're doing it so they can so they can sell merchandise which could either mean that they make a good product but then it's like tainted by like commercialism or they just churn out garbage and then still sell the shirts 
dog everything's made to sell merchandise. That doesn't mean that we don't still get quality uh, animation. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, uh, pushes to make a character relevant just so you can sell merch tends to be a little more sketchy. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um... So, okay, yeah, that, there's that. And then lastly, what I want to talk about is... And I've got, I've got something, too, after this. So I think I know what this is. I'm very hyped to talk about this. Uh, so Matt Groening is doing a new uh, fan series oh, yeah. uh, on Netflix. It's called Disenchantment. Uh, and it's starting on August 17th uh, of 2018. So it is appropriate to call it disenchantment because that is the feeling that I feel when someone says Matt Groening <laughs> is making a new cartoon. Uh, I actually I think I'm, I'm excited for the cartoon to be to be clear. I just I just if, am upset at Matt Groening right now. <laughs> if you've seen the uh, if you've seen the character designs other than like Green Bart, they seem pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it, disenchantment looks pretty neat. Uh, so it's uh, basically a fantasy series in the same way that like. Futurama is kind of lampooning sci-fi and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and apparently Matt Groening has more of an actual creative input on this one than he has in the past, which might be interesting to see because we haven't seen Matt Groening's actual vision in a long time. Um, yeah, here's here's the important thing. Some of the writers from that have worked on like Simpsons in the past, like in the, I think the good seasons and also worked on Gravity Falls. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of really good writing staff aboard. Uh, there's three characters, uh, Abby, uh, there's a, uh, the main woman who's named Bean. She's voiced by Abby Jacobson. Uh, there's an elf dude who is voiced by, uh, Nat Faxton. And, uh, there's a, uh, little black demon dude guy who is being voiced by Eric Andre, which is cool. Wait, what? Yep, Eric Andre's on board. <laughs> what? What the fuck? I didn't know that. Yeah, Eric Andre is the little, uh, imp dude that's been like that's in there and i really like the imp dude's design uh it looks very uh life from hell which is like the old school matt grading stuff which yeah i'm i'm digging it um but yeah it looks uh it looks really neat from some of the concert art that was shown well, some of like the stills they showed up uh it's gonna have a lot of uh alumni from like a few drama like john dimaggio billy west maurice lamarge tress mcneil david hurtman matt barry all like all these really like uh, big figures from uh, previous Matt Grading's work, um, and yes, uh, the let's have that little thirty minute thirty second discussion saying yes, Matt Grading has been very disappointing lately, especially with his reaction to all the poo stuff that's going on. Really, the only person that seemed to actually be remotely cool about it was uh, the voice of a poo himself, um, Hank Azaria, yeah. right? He's the only one who seemed to be pretty cool about the situation. Everyone else has been kind of on a sliding sales kitsch, really. Um, but, uh, you know. For more, listen to episode, was it 25 where we talked about Apu? Or was it 24? Uh, I'm going to say it was... It's one of those. Go back and listen to one of those if you want to yeah. hear more about us talking about the whole uh, Apu thing. Right. But, but I will say that I am... The main one of the main reasons why I'm actually really hyped for this, uh, I mean, is because like uh, the main character, the main woman um, is like a very non-traditionally like attractive character. She has like 
buck teeth and a lot of and buck like, teeth, uh, yeah. looks like kind of just like a and uh that is cool i think that's cool to have a female protagonist that isn't just like this sexy icon you know um um and especially coming from matt graining it's it, it might be nicole like i i really like how he writes women characters or like like how his shows write women characters usually usually um but uh yeah it could it, it could be good uh it is going to be a netflix series and so all 10 episodes are gonna be released at the same time uh we'll know then uh i'm pretty sure i'm gonna like talk about it on the show when it comes out because i am gonna try to watch that so yeah yeah speaking of talking about things we watched i just want to touch on something briefly uh, I've been watching uh, the classic 1969 episodes of Scooby Doo. Where are you lately? Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and I, as I was watching them, I thought that like just as an experiment, I would like to watch a bunch of those. And then tomorrow in the mail, I'll be getting my DVDs of Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. And I kind of want to compare and contrast them a little bit. Uh, oh, that'd be a good, that'd be a cool uh, idea. Yeah, but like since I've since I've watched probably thirteen or fourteen episodes over the last week of Scooby Doo, where are you? I just want to bring up like a couple of quick notes that I made. <laughs> uh, this show this show is very interesting. I I wouldn't say it aged poorly per se. I do enjoy it. I like those I like those episodes. Like for for yeah, as much as at times you can tell they were very rushed. Right. Um. <laughs> you know, like the so. Like I feel like there are little there are little details that exist in the first season of Scooby Doo Where Are You that I feel like were maybe eventually dropped or I just haven't been paying attention. Like, is it a thing? Shaggy in the first season can throw his voice, and that's like a superpower that he has. Basically, <laughs> is that something that they continue to use throughout the show, or is it something that they uh, that, just dropped at the beginning? I've never heard about. Yeah, because like he not only can he throw his voice, like it's it's used in ridiculous ways. Like he'll be like behind a curtain and he'll use it to make. His his voice sound like it's coming from one foot in front of someone who's like in the distance. What? So it's like ridiculous. It's it's not it's not like r- how you really throw your voice, which is when you make it sound muffled as if it's from in a box like a ventriloquist would. They basically use it as a superpower <laughs> that he has for like for like three episodes. They bring it up, and then you never really hear about it again. I, I'm, pr- uh, I'm pretty sure like that must have like completely screwed with my uh perception of what throwing your voice actually meant because oh and and this <laughs> this show does that with many things <laughs> um and i won't i won't go into explicit detail about those but uh like there are there are episodes where so like one of my favorite episodes in the first season is uh they're, they go to a desert island, and I don't remember why. They're just, like, vacationing, and they decide to go to an island with no one on it. But it turns out there's a ghost there. And at the very end, they reveal, uh, spoilers, that it's not a ghost after all. It was just a guy wearing a ghost costume. And, uh, and... <laughs> It's just it's just really funny because like like the, the mystery that they solve is oh he was trying to find the ancient treasure that was hidden on this desert island, and the cop is like well he'll have plenty of time to search for hidden treasure when he's behind bars and I'm like for what Wait. what crime <laughs> what, did he yeah, commit what the fuck did he do? <laughs> he, is is it against the law to be spooky on an island. <laughs> Like is that is that a crime? Oh my god, I've never thought like the, of that. The worst, like, the worst case scenario is that he was trespassing. In which case, is that what Mystery Inc. does? Do they locate serial trespassers and send them to jail? 
<laughs> narc kids. So They're like, narc kids. Yeah. So, uh, and and there's there's even one episode where they like reveal the guy at the end, and they're like, "Well, why did you do it?" Well, you'll have to explain that to the police when they show up, and then they never explain it. They don't even solve the what? mystery. They just find the dude. Like, <laughs> and my my last note. There's there's an episode where there's like counterfeit money going around. Which and, is a crime. Uh, and yeah, which is a crime. Uh, there, there are legitimate crimes in this show. Uh, and they go into this guy's house and they find they find a counterfeit $20 bill and they and they they take it as a clue and they leave. And then like as they're inspecting it, Velma's like, it is my professional opinion that this $20 bill is legitimate. And they conclude that the $20 bill must have been planted there so that they would find a legitimate one and stop investigating. But no, what really <coughs> happened is they went into someone's private property and stole $20 from them. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> So like these these little like nitpicky like, like the way you describe this about this show. Well, the way you describe this really makes this show seem like it really was just a bunch of stoned teenagers just breaking into property and just ruining the place. Like that's yeah. basically what it, it sounds just, like. I'm just saying my and these these are either nitpicky complaints, but but they are actually my favorite thing about this. Oh show. no! I, look look here's, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. People who say Scooby Doo, where are you? Like they say that that show is terrible. I don't disagree, but it is one of the most watchable <laughs> things on the planet. And I freaking love Scooby Doo. Where are you? I will yeah, throw like, myself under the bus for that series. I don't give a these, shit. Like, may these, may these I counter? Tiny, mm-hmm. May I counter that last point with something? Sure. Breaking into private po- property to get evidence is a very private detective thing to do. Yeah, but finding a $20 bill and taking it is not locating evidence and and ta- I don't I you would probably need a warrant first of all. Like right. that's and and I don't think I don't think some like 17-year-olds in a van have a warrant to steal $20 as evidence. 17-year-olds um, in their van with their like, weird talking dog. Yeah, so speaking like of, speaking of that, didn't you wasn't there like didn't we have a discussion about like uh, what the show was originally going to be like or something like that? Yeah, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia and like so I guess Scooby Doo was created originally sort of uh, as a way to like counter complaints from parents that the cartoons that were being put out at the time were too violent for their children. So the, I, I the feeling that I or I what I sensed from the Wikipedia article is that they were trying to sort of like steal the thunder of like the Hardy Boys. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and like the, the types of mystery novels that were popular with children at the time. And there, there were many different versions of the dog that they went through in the production phase. Uh, you know, like, and, uh, and they, they made Scooby-Doo a sheepdog for a while. And then they were like, oh no, but then we'd be ripping off Marmaduke. But then eventually they were like, fuck Marmaduke. We'll just make <laughs> Scooby, I guess. And so they made him, uh, well, uh and so they just, made him a great It's just Dane. funny to me to think and, that there's uh, a moment in Hanna-Barbera's history and, and the entire time that they don't give a shit about ripping something off. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, <laughs> Well, and there yeah. there may have been more to it than that, but you know, like that. To be fair, it's it's Marmaduke we're talking about. The only the only joke Marmaduke has he, is that he's a big he's dog. A, there's there's not he's much a big there. Dog. It's, it's he it's thinks mine. he's people. It's mine. He's he's too big. Anyway, no, there's like 
there's like a so just my last note is that every character in scooby-doo i think is actually a great character and i think they have an awesome dynamics the only the only one in the early seasons who i wish they did more with is daphne because her role seems to be pointing out the most benign stupid shit in the universe uh Uh, like like where where they'll they'll be like uh they'll be like look there are fingerprints on the doorknob and she'll say but ghosts don't have fingerprints (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it's not a ghost. Like, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like a wasted opportunity to me because uh, because Daphne is, I think, an interesting character that they just don't really use in very interesting ways. And frankly, in certain ways, it, I think I think her portrayal at times is misogynistic. Mm. She's often used as sort of the damsel in distress. Mm. Uh, which, as as opposed to to Velma, who I think is like an extremely strong female character, yes. and maybe my favorite character in the show. Yes, uh, she's a style icon. You know, so my, I love her. She's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my so my that's that is my one huge wish for Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. is that they use Daphne more and spoilers, in more interesting spoilers. ways, and I, I'm sure they will. Yes, they mm-hmm. do. They do. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for that. Um, but uh, and those are my Scooby Doo thoughts. Yeah. It's so. it's uh, uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. You're all right. And uh, <laughs> while we're on the subject of Scooby Doo, I just suddenly remembered my favorite YouTube poop series of all time, Scooks. Uh, Scooks. And you know, content warning: there are kind of some like. Uh, you know, problematic jokes that happen in it. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, other than that, there are some really great mo- <laughs> There are some really great lines that I still remember to this day. I mean, like, uh, like just of like sex and things like <laughs> one of my favorites being uh, Freddie speaking, <laughs> Freddie speaking to someone saying, let's plan a course intercourse. Of <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good it's series. Good. It's good. Um, so yeah, I love it. Just um, also, was I? Do you think? Do you think I was being too mean when I said that Daphne exists only to say the most stupid bullshit I've ever heard? I feel that might have been nah, impressive. no, because you're right. Honestly, no? she, okay, she, she's right. basically she, <laughs> Dude, her function in that show was basically to be the person who is explained to. So she's basically the. The, the 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 target of mansplaining and that is her entire function for the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Casey, Casey, you're basically you're complaining about a character archetype being applied to a character in a way that's misogynistic. You're yeah. fine. All right. Yeah. Um all right. Now just real quick, uh this isn't like a huge news thing. I know we're running really freaking long on this new segment this time, but I have to bring this up. Uh so I saw Deadpool 2 uh the other day. Um and uh, this podcast isn't about that, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, uh, so right before, like the, so like there's like the little interstitial things, like where like you know for like the trailers and all that kind of stuff, and you know how they typically are to have like that green box that says like uh, this has been approved for this kind of audience and all that kind of stuff. At the screening that I saw at AMC this uh, for Deadpool two, it didn't have that. What they had was like the Grinch from the new movie that's coming out this year uh, coming in and making terrible jokes between every single movie, every single preview. Oh, it's wait. Oh, what? So it's 
It was just him providing commentary on the Not trailers? on the trailers themselves. Like, right before the trailers would start, he would have, like, things like... Like, the first one was, like, he comes in with, like, a giant popcorn cart. He's like, what? Don't judge me. There's a lot of these things coming up. And then he goes off screen. And then, like... Uh, oh, God. Uh, and then it was, like... <laughs> so they're putting... They're putting they're putting advertisements in the warnings before trailers now? Like, yeah, like, and like, and then like... We live in a dystopian <laughs> society. Like, and then like, like there's advertisements before the advertisements, basically. And, <laughs> and like, the, the, the worst one, and I had to bring this, because like, if, if it wasn't relevant to this podcast, I would not even be bringing it up. But it is. So, one of them was that the Grinch is texting on his phone. And then he says to the audience, this is when I think of movie theater nachos. And he holds his phone and there's a poop emoji on his screen. And uh, then uh, <laughs> the Grinch goes, hey, they should make a movie out of these guys. Ah, ah. <sighs> like basically like that. Hmm. And... Okay, so uh, the Grinch movie is being made by Sony Pictures, who are also the same people who made the Emoji movie. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Wait, isn't that movie in the sequel? I don't know. And if there is, I'm quitting the podcast right now. And we're just going to have to record. No, you're not. Well, Get no, back I'm not here. quitting the podcast. We're just going to have to record another day because I cannot deal with that today. <laughs> that knowledge. Um... But no, yeah, seriously, it's like, for fuck's sake, like, not only is this Grinch, like, the basically completely destroyed my, like, wanting to see this Grinch movie in the first place, like, I was willing to give it a chance, but then, my God, like, my God. It sounds God, like a very annoying ad campaign. Yeah, and then they just made a reference to my least favorite movie of all time that we've talked on this podcast way too much, so, like, I had to bring it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was horrifying. I, I, I was traumatized. Um, but anyways. Uh, God, Theater Geisel's rolling in his grave. Um, <laughs> um, let's let's so start anyways. watching cartoons. Yes, let's, let's watch cartoons. Let's right into the list. Yes, let's, let's swoosh right in there. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, start watching some cartoons. Uh, the way we do this is we have this uh, big collection on a DVD set uh, where it's all about just uh, like a bunch of cartoons that are were in the public domain or whatever. Uh, and we have uh, a place where they're all written down and we're going to choose it randomly off the list. Alex, drumroll. Oh, well, someone we talked about today. Uh, we're going to watch a Betty Boop cartoon. Oh, sh- yes. Okay. All right. And uh, this one is called Whoops, I'm a Cowboy. Oh, I've made that mistake, too. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's an easy mistake to make, but, yeah. you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sykes, it was barely a Betty Boop cartoon. <laughs> yeah, she's in like a couple seconds of it. <laughs> yeah, when the uh, when the title page came up, we were like, okay, Wiffle Piffle in Oops, I'm a Cowboy. Who Who is this? Like, okay, so basically what happened, it was like the way that it was like edited in this uh, collection was it was like, it said like, it briefly said like Betty Boop. Uh, then like Brady Boop presents and then it quickly cut to Wiffle and Piffle. Whoops, I'm a cowboy. And it's like, who the f*** is Wiffle and Piffle? Like, <laughs> like it's uh yeah. Th- so th- I guess I think Wiffle Piffle is the name of this tiny man who works with Betty Boop at the, at the very beginning. Betty Boop is like sorting through some files and this tiny man like steps down a ladder and approaches her and says, will you marry me? And she's just like, no. <laughs> 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 and I laughed really He's hard at cooked. the delivery of that because I, I don't <laughs> think it was supposed to be. I don't think I thought that was funny for the reason it was supposed to be funny. I think it was just the timing of "Will you marry me?" No, that I liked so much. Uh, we should we should paint a little bit more of a picture. This dude is like miniature size, bold, and he like when he walks, he like flaps his arms from side to side. He kind of feels the most like. He has the most amazing walk cycle I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he does. And it's it's like it is and I'm not I'm not saying that because I think it's bad. I actually think the walk cycle is great. It's just it's, it's, it's just some it's, it's unlike goofy. anything I've seen in a, like a walk cycle, like just a normal walk cycle in a character before because his arms his arms are like little noodles and every time he takes a step the noodles go flippy floppy and it's like uh it's just it's funny to watch <laughs> um and and betty boop uh says that she doesn't want to marry him because she wants to marry a cowboy which is kind of a strange i don't know mm, uh, like, yeah i don't know I don't, <laughs> like i mean i guess i mean like the 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 cowboys i mean cowboys were like basically like a construct as like a thing kind of died at the start of the 1900s. So yeah, but, and but real, they, real, they, they lingered in like the public consciousness for a long while. Yeah. And I'm sure Betty Boop would be very upset to l- learn that uh, real cowboys were actually far different from the portrayal <laughs> of cowboys yeah. in Western movies. The, uh, the point yeah. of her song is she wants someone masculine and watch, he watch is, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watch the Adam ruins everything. Uh, episode about uh, about uh, the old west, uh, or play Red Dead Redemption, which also was a really good satire of that shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah, the so Whip Whipple Dipple, I, I think that's his name, right? Whiffle that's what Piffle. Whiffle Diffle. Piffle. All right, he Diffle. With a P. Okay. Whiffle. Hudgy, Hudgy Pudgy. <laughs> mm, so whoever he is. He goes to uh, he goes to a ranch to learn how to be a cowboy, and he wants Zach to Braff. take cowboy lessons. Zach Braff. Zach Braff goes to get cowboy lessons, <laughs> um, and uh, and so he he walks into the he walks into the ranch. It's and called the Dude Ranch. The, yeah, and he like, walks into the Dude Ranch, and he gets a he gets a hat, and he wears he wears a vest with no shirt. <laughs> and, uh, and he wears he, assless chaps, and we are extremely yes. immature. <laughs> and he has a <laughs> he has a book that says uh, he's got a cock his gun. And yeah. <laughs> uh, 
A book calls with him many a things horse. that could be portrayed. Yeah, it calls him a little horse. Uh, a book with many things that could be portrayed as innuendos, if you're like us, and we basically are on the lookout for those at all times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're children. <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, <laughs> so he starts to take cowboy lessons from this book that he has, and uh, it teaches him, first of all, how to herd cows, which is what cowboys really did. Uh, so, you know, that's cool. Uh, it yeah. has, it has a sequence where there's a, there's a cow that looks, uh, the cow, there, there's a cow. as hell. Yeah. The cow, oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, that cow is stone. The cow He's is like smiling and like staring through his eyelids, <clears throat> like very, no. uh, actually <laughs> looks, if he was on peyote, then he'd be like, basically just completely like, like writhing and, agony basically no i i don't <laughs> probably not that although yeah. uh, you don't never mind they so he uh <laughs> he so he's he's trying to like he's trying to herd the cow but the cow is basically just it's not a cow. really participating <laughs> yeah though um, though he seems really pleased or she, I'm not sure. I think I think it was a boy because it had the horns. Yeah, yeah, but also horns. also he takes it to a milking station. So who knows? I don't know. Honestly, it's an. It's hard to say. Cow. Um, yeah, the cow, <laughs> the cow, regardless, the cow, regardless of its gender, is just not really participating. The cow just seems to like apathetically uh, stand there while while Zach Braff pulls on the rope and uh, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know how what else to describe about the cow part. I liked the cow a lot. I thought the cow was fun. There's oh, yeah, a, like, there's a good fun. visual gag where uh, he goes and he like drops a mechanism on the uh, the cow that sort of slaps it on the behind and then he jumps on it and then uses the horns as like handles. And then it turns out as you're watching it, oh, he's ri- he's riding him like a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, it looks it yeah, looks but kind he, but, of like. But, but he is spanking that horse constantly so it's a cow, cow. wow cow. <laughs> now, like i was there's, before there's I'm a horse gender player. now i oh, have yeah, a gender. that's from the species yeah um uh, and then the next section he's learning how to shoot his gun uh and he he aims at a target and he shoots many times and when it when you see the target again it turns out he shot the entire neighborhood down all of the buildings are destroyed and the target is <laughs> that fine. Was, that was, was the, that was a visual gag I really liked, actually. Yeah, and then he, and then he, and then he, he then shoots he, twice, he, and a cow falls from the sky because he killed a cow that was flying. I guess. Well, the um, weird thing is that the because like with that scene, like uh, a both a bird and a cow fall down, and I was a bit like it, it would have been funnier if it was like the bird fell down first and then the cow, but it, <laughs> the cow came down first, and I don't no idea why that is. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the it's the cow from Earthworm Jim. And then what's what's the third one again? Bronco. I remember Mustang. the last one. The last one was the horse. Wait, so oh, the third one was the lasso trick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ha- that happens like a second. Yeah, he tries to lasso a cow, and he does, and then the cow pulls him off screen and takes his pants off. Uh, and yep. then, uh, and then in the last one, he's uh, he's trying to to break a horse, you know, like uh, like he he gets on the horse and the horse basically bucks him off. And then a very George Lucasy scene transition happened to the credits for us, 
uh, because yeah. our and it Don't felt very unnatural. So we were like, huh, something has to be missing here. We went on YouTube, and it turns out the people at Mill Creek Entertainment who made this DVD for once decided to cut a racist part out of the cartoon for us. Thank you, Mill Creek. We really appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah. there. There was an extremely yeah. So like if if you go onto YouTube, probably the version of the cartoon that I'll be posting on the website uh, features uh, it features uh, just a, a caricaturization of uh, of a Native American and yeah, her child. Um, and it's it's nothing ex- nothing extremely obscene happens. I don't think. In Not it, but it is no. It's the it's just the caricaturization that was very racist. Um, We're not like, going to talk about that screw, here, though, because screw well, that. There's there's not really much else to say. There, yeah, nothing really okay, happens. Yeah. It just cuts to credits. But yeah, the that was that was this cartoon. Um, I would say majoritively, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, like. I, I'm just disappointed that we're not we didn't get an actual Betty Boo cartoon. Yeah, I kind of yeah, feel no, that cheated been on nice. that front. It, but it was it was still I don't know I thought it was still amusing. I liked the cow. I liked the walk cycle. I yeah, liked the walk a lot cycles, of things. The walk cycle was rad. Um, I, I like the fact too. that after he knocked uh after he knocked this little piffle dude off, the uh, the horse started to do the Zach walk cycle Raff. too. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, the horse does the same walk cycle for a few seconds as well. Um, uh, but like, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I feel like, real quickly, like, I, I looked it up and like this Zach Braff dude, uh, he started mm-hmm. Scrubs. No, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, it was uh, this Wiffle Piffle whatever dude. Uh, he is uh, a character that only really showed up three times in Betty Boop cartoons. Versus like a waiter and then two other ones where he got like the starring credits like this one. Hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, like there's nothing I could find that was like interesting about this dude. And that's basically my opinion of this is that there's nothing and not all that notable here. Like other than the one gag with the bad aim, like nothing about this screened like something that you need to watch. <laughs> so no, it was it was as unremarkable as most of the cartoons I think we watch on this show. So I don't know, like it's it's not it's not bad though. I think there terrible, are redeemable though. qualities. So there you go. I guess that's yeah, the, I guess. that's my final say on this. <laughs> I mean, uh, like I don't know, it, like I, I mean, I guess there's some humor in watching a guy trying to uh to like live up to a former masculinity that is you no know, bullshit and then he'd fail it every single time but i think the joke is less that th- that kind of masculinity is unobtainable oh no the joke is definitely he's, that he's being he's, emasculated and that's not great <laughs> yeah uh, which you know i don't know it's it's i just i just wanted more baby boob that's what i wanted like i i if I didn't feel it's so cheated, I probably wouldn't be so hard on this cartoon. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm done talking about this one myself. I, yeah, I think I we've said all we have to say. I think it's more than anyone has talked about this character in a long, long time. So let's move on, uh, and let's go ahead, and I'm gonna pull up that 
little device, or rather that little, uh, we're going to pull up that little uh, uh, program, that little document that we like to call the list. Alex, drummer. Ooh. We are going to get another Ray Harryhausen cartoon. Whoa! Okay. Oh, yeah. boy. Time for is some stop another, motion. Is it another yeah. fairy tale? Uh, kinda. Uh, this one is called The Story of King Midas. Oh, okay. I don't know if that really counts as a fairy tale. Is it that does. a fairy tale? Okay. It's a fairy tale. I wasn't sure if it was like some sort Grimm's of legend or something. I don't know. What was that? I don't, I don't I know, know if that was a Brothers Grimm fairy tale specifically or if I that was look something that else. Yeah, we can look that up and we can talk about it after we watch the cartoon. All right. So let's go ahead and let's get started. Okay, so before we get started, uh, I think we should talk about uh, the fact that we did a little research, and yes, it is actually a Greek myth, not a fairy tale. But the elements um, are there of a fairy tale. Yeah, there there are elements of it, and uh, and for the folks that don't really necessarily know the plot of it, basically, there's a king who is really greedy, and he wants the ability to like get like like he wants as much gold as he possibly can. Uh, someone offers him uh, the ability to tur- turn things into gold with his touch. Uh, he accepts it. He starts doing it. And uh, then he ends up like he's unable to eat and drink because every- even the food and water is turning into gold. And he ends up turning his family into gold as well. And, Yo, uh, listen up. Here's the story about <laughs> a little guy that lives in a gold world. Gold and all world. day and all night, everything <laughs> he sees is gold. <laughs> Um, I'm gold. I'm a yeah, guy. so it's, it's my, a very my daughter's Greek gold. Myth. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a it's a very Greek story because it's about hubris fucking you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, and it's this is uh, a Ray Harryhausen uh, stop motion animated feature. Uh, people who have watched the the other Ray Harryhausen uh, shorts that we've seen on the show uh, mm-hmm. should know that uh, should, would know that the Ray Harryhausen stop motion videos are always uh, are always super impressive and gorgeous and uh, and the animation is always always uh, so very smooth. yeah it's very fluid and uh, and emotive and this is no exception to that yeah. yes. Uh, the effects this that happens when stuff turns to gold in this, aside from uh, aside from when a person turns to gold, are fantastic. Yeah, because like it's it's kind of like they slowly envelop the thing. It's like a gold, like it looks like they like had like a gold foil that they sort of like put over the object that they were, they had there or something like that, or maybe they did like a varnish over time or something. But it's just like it, like it overtakes it like whoop and stuff like that and it's pretty gorgeous it spreads um, like liquid um there's three environments in this entire short there's the garden there's the main throne room with the dining table and then there's a little dungeon basically um 
and uh, each one of them is really gorgeous to look at. Uh, and uh, there's a part um, one th- that I, I'm still really super impressed with where we go to the dungeon and that's where he has all of his gold reserves at and stuff like that. Um, where he's still like walking over to his chair, but at the same time, the camera's panning at the same time slowly in a very smooth fashion to the proper angle it's going to be to kind of show off the room. And my God, it is fluid. It is impressive. I have no idea how much time that must have taken them to get that shot. That's to- was- that's one of those things where, like, you know a stop-motion animator is putting a lot of love into something that you're just going to take for granted because it's a regular thing from, like, movies and stuff, but they're doing with 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 uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not, like, a hard cut, like, a lot of times, like, or a single static shot. It's, like, a panning shot that kind of, like, shows off the environment and moves, and it's very fluid and it's really gorgeous. Um, so, uh, I mean, like, it's it's kind of hard. Like, basically, the plot is pretty straightforward. I mean, um, you know, it's just a king. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's just a king that, like, uh, gets, he's, like, incredibly wealthy, but he wants more. Uh, and he just wants more and more and like his daughter will give him flowers and even then he'd, she'd be like, well, if these were actual gold and not just like Mary Golds, then maybe I would actually like them or something. And like, it's like, he's kind of a head like that. And then he goes down to his little dungeon, the Countess coins. And then one of the coins has Domserato in it, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bat Ecuador- Boy. <laughs> Ecuadorian Batboy found alive in coin. Yeah. The- <laughs> The, it it really does look like they just took it straight out of Nosferatu. He's, he's got the the pointy ears and the cape Bald and, head. and the the pale skin. Uh so I I think yeah. they're related. I, is is that Satan? Like I, I is that like I, I, the thing I don't I, the know reason who has, it classically he's, he's was. A, he's a generic fantasy man. I'm not even sure that like uh I'm not even sure in the actual Greek myth, like what that like, would represent, like, like who original, gave him that power? In the in like, there's a lot of different versions of that Greek myth. Uh, some it's like he helped out some peasants, and then one of them was magic, and then like they give him that ability or something like that. Uh, there's always like some sort of magical being that like kind of comes by and does something. Sometimes it's a Greek god or something. It, it's 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 inconsistent about what specifically does it, but in this one, it's very insuspe- non specific to mm-hmm. what this being actually is, because I, it's just a thing that lives in a coin that grants him a magic ability. Basically, I feel like I feel like Harryhausen and his writers sort of like uh had this like sort of very like European s trope of just a stranger that shows up and uses magic and we don't know a lot about them to like sort of ground it in the sense that this is part of their fairy tale series. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I definitely see that. And I feel like it, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work. It actually really does work a lot. I really, really like this dude. I just don't know like who if he's like, supposed to represent a specific being of some sort uh, or anything like that, because his, his design is so incredibly specific, you know, um, like if it was just like a guy who looks like a dude or just a guy in a cloak or something maybe it'd be a bit more like that but for or like i'd be a little bit more like leading up i don't know i'm not trying to see magic man 
He's just a weird fancy Nosferatu. He is Count Orlock, uh, and he can give people wishes, apparently. Um, but, yeah, like, it's... But, yeah, like, he goes upstairs, and then, like, the next day, he's given the ability... Like, like basically, he has a conversation with this guy, and, like, the guy's like, well, you have everything you want. What more could you possibly ask for? And, uh... <laughs> oh, and, like, they, they, he's like, I want to be able to touch things and... I want to be able to touch my dick and turn it gold, basically. I, and it's just like, okay. And then that's not the how next it works, day, though, because he touches himself and he doesn't turn to gold. I know, like th- that's why this is ironic, you know. Yeah, um, I, yeah. It seems like all matter except for himself that he touches. But no, like, uh, it, it, and he has yeah, to touch he, it with his fingers. And yeah, like, and if and he touches so, one flower, it does the entire bed. Apparently, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't turn the entire earth gold. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. but uh, yeah, so like it's uh, it, it, it's it, basically, yeah, he gets that ability the next day and he starts going all over the place and starts. In fact, he actually has like a Greek vase in his uh, little throne room, which I thought was a nice little touch to say that, yes, this isn't like a traditional fairy tale. This is a Greek myth, um, even though he's I very Western that. in his design. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but like, yeah, like, uh, but then like, yeah, he starts trying to eat stuff. Uh, and oh, no, it uh, doesn't work. He It turns into gold, even though his mouth is like gaping wide, like 90 percent of this movie. <laughs> and like, you could probably fit that egg just fine. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just like there's a lot of. Uh, like he starts turning, and then he accidentally turns his daughter into gold, and it's all sad. And then Count Orlock comes back again. He's like, "Would you, would you rather have the ability to the gold or to eat this egg?" And like, like, and it just goes on. Like, would you like to be able to go daughter? And then like, what? Well, and then like, uh, he gives him an out where he's like, "Well, if you wash your hands in this river, you can, and then get that water from that river you just washed." Uh, then sprinkle on the things you turn to gold that you don't want to be gold anymore, then Bob's your uncle. Um, uh, that pissed me off. <laughs> um, what, did you want the original ending where he he's just, he's just... Yes, 100%. I'm sorry, but I live in an age where rich billionaires who are trying to take everything and make it their own rich little stash are like destroying the fucking world. Yes, I want this rich to die miserable and alone. I, and I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with endings <laughs> where people realize the horrors of what they're doing and use their, use their privilege and abilities to help instead. That works. For I me. mean, if, if there was like some scene where he would like show that he actually had remorse and maybe he was like sharing his wealth at the end of the story or something like that, or some narration about that, something, then I'd be on that side. But basically he just was like, Oh no, someone who personally I liked a lot died because of my actions. And then someone gave him an out. No, no, it's, it's, it's part of the storyline. It's, it's about him learning about the, the intrinsic value of things outside of what, outside of the value that man puts on them because you can't eat things I mean, that are made of gold. It's such I a guess, costly breakfast. I guess, like, like imagine, imagine if the ending of a Christmas story was Scrooge uh, being trapped in the ghost of Christmas yet to come. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess, but I, I don't know. Like, no, uh, I, I, I like, I like the idea of both endings. <laughs> 
for what it's worth. Right. And in I real, I, in, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not usually like this dark with how I like this kind of thing, but I personally like this story having a tragic ending because I like the, like, like, okay. So my point more or less is that, so he doesn't, he doesn't stop like turning things into gold until it's personally inconveniencing himself. Cause like there's even a scene where he turns the flower bed into gold and then his daughter comes in with all the new, like the golden flowers. And he's like, oh no, these flowers don't smell good anymore. And they're not all the different colors I like. I, these are ugly. I don't like how these look. And he's like, oh, they're worth so much money, dear. You're fine. Don't worry about it. He completely dismisses her. And the only time he actually starts caring about that is when he has the fear of starving to death. And then he kills his daughter. Like, that is the only time he actually shows any remorse over what he's done. And I don't, I am not convinced that as soon as he got that all taken away, like he was able to sprinkle the water and all this stuff, that he's no longer a greedy fuck. I don't. Yeah, but these are fairy tales and they have black and white morality and people make those kind of big moral changes because of lessons. Because they're meant just... to impart lessons onto the viewer. I mean, I guess, but I think, I think the lesson would be more like, I don't know, salient and actually, like, worthwhile if it was a tragic ending where he basically screwed himself due to his own greed. Like, it's 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 about your own greed collapsing in on yourself and destroying the things that you love uh, to the point where, like, you can't even live like a normal human being anymore, and that will be your end. Like, that is the whole point. Like, I, I feel like that, or at least that's how I've always interpreted that story, and that's why I've always really loved it. Um, and giving him that out of like, you know, oh, well, you can just fix it. Th that doesn't really do anything. Like he's he's still like unless like he, they showed something specifically showing that he was going to improve as a person. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, like if, if, it, if it ended with. Yeah, he didn't exactly give away all of his wealth after he. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, if, if he was given away his wealth or he showed more compassion to his daughter. OK, or, that's you fine. know, something like that. That's fair. Then I'd be more for that. I But that's all right. There's not what they're showing here. They're showing a rich guy regretting making his own bad choices, and then he's getting in a way out of them. And that, that he's being bailed out, if you will. Um, and, like, yeah, I just... Well, they chose, I, I they chose the ending that wasn't too terrifying for children, I think, <laughs> is the idea. Basically. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, like, yeah. I, I understand that. I just... I don't know. I, I, I That's just my own personal thing. Like, I really love this short. It's a gorgeous one, and I think it's really worth watching. But I will say that that definitely pissed me off. Yeah. All right. Um, but, all right. So I'm going to go ahead, and I am going to go back to finding a cartoon off the list. <sighs> No funny lists this time. I don't. I don't really have any many ways to say the list in a funny <laughs> way. We'll figure so. something out. So, all right, Alex, drum roll. Oh, something he did a funny voice. Hey, what? We're gonna watch another Alice cartoon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Alice, if you aren't aware, um, was uh, we watched one of them before. Basically, it's a mixture of live action and cartoons that Walt Disney did before he did a lot of his major works. 
Um, so this is really cool. Uh, it's a really, really cool. And it shows how much Disney really loved this idea basically since the inception of, of doing his like work. So let's go ahead and let's watch uh, the short called Alice Solves the Puzzle. I literally hate it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I hate uh, this cartoon. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, wow. I mean there's reasons. I mean, uh, sure. There are reasons to hate this cartoon, but I'm actually really kind of shocked you're that visceral <laughs> about this. Um, <laughs> um, um Okay. Uh so uh basically, yeah. The short is basically that there's a little kid who named Alice who uh, is trying to solve a crossword puzzle and uh, she needs then, she needs a three letter word and she can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, and we they don't give us the clue just that it's a three letter word. And uh, yeah. And uh, there's a cat. Yeah, the cat comes up and says, hey, f- this let's go to the beach. And they do that. And uh, and this is this yeah. is my least favorite part. Yeah, understandably <laughs> uh, she, so. She gets in. She gets into. She gets into her swimsuit, and the cat is like, uh, is like checking her out, and it's extremely, uh, it's extremely okay. uncomfortable because it's, Alice is played by a, she's like a real life nine years like, old. Yeah, like just a, a real life child. It's, and, it's, uh, it's 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 very it's very like clear what he's doing too because like at, yeah like yeah. he literally he he waves his hands like in the hourglass figure you know it's like it's it's, it's terrible really <laughs> it's it's terrible um, I hate it yeah and but, uh, and so then they go swimming in the ocean now and devil's advocate that transition right there was really good. From the uh, yes, real life to cartoon, it's very, very uh, well done. Yeah, basically, like Allison, uh, the cat, uh, just jump up in the air into the distance, and when Alice hits a certain distance, she turns into like a cartoon character, and then she just dives in with it. And like basically, whenever there's a long distance shot, uh, Alice is just drawn uh, as like a figure. It's actually a really fluid bit of animation too. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, there's, there's yeah, a lot it's, of really neat little animation moments. It's, a, I, it's I a technical achievement for sure. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they, they go to a part of the ocean where they, there's like a slide and a diving board. And here is my second least favorite thing about this cartoon is that every segment is boring and every, long every and segment exhausting. Does feel so long. it's like... So okay. it's like them, them like diving and going down a slide and diving again, then going down a slide again. This time when she dives, it makes a pillar of water and the cat jumps on it and it sinks to the bottom. Why don't we try diving a fourth time? But, and but then neat. it's like, oh, why I, do, I like the different like I, they were diving different ways every time. Yeah, no, though. no, no. I guess that's true. I, I think that the, the part that was more boring is the part afterwards where they're drying off. And there's just like this extended segment where the cat has a magical towel that is drying him off and you see the towel dry off his arms, then his legs, then his tail, then his head, then his butt, then everything else. And it's and just then like, it chokes him. Yeah. You Which know, he deserves. 
Yeah. yeah which we, we we all enjoyed. The, I don't know. Maybe, we maybe enjoyed not. when the but cat like, suffered. That's for sure. Yeah. So, but, then, but, I will, but my argument that I will say that the reason why I kind of like this short uh, is because uh, you cut the segment in between the diving and this, which is the introduction of the best character of this cartoon, uh, Pete. Bootleg who, Pete. Yeah, Bootleg Pete, who is a uh, collector of rare crossword puzzles. <laughs> and he is water skiing around. He's this bear with a peg leg. And I, I don't know who in Walt Disney's life was named Pete and why he f***ing hates that guy so much because <laughs> all of his bad guy characters are named Pete, basically. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe, maybe he just fell in love with that villain character. Maybe, maybe. But it's a different character than the Pete, though. Even though there's like a peg leg, I, I, he might he might have just liked the alliteration peg leg Pete. Pete's, Pete's a cat is, and like a, this this dude here is a bear. I, yeah. I have a pressing question, though. Yes. How do you get a rare crossword puzzle um well like we were saying before uh before we're recording it's it's as we as we see at the very end of the cartoon uh there's some words that are misspelled uh that are like the correct solutions for it and uh that that's why they're they're defects basically they're they're like uh misprints or whatever Uh, okay i'm sure he has a couple that are like have like slurs that were actually snuck in because like no editor was paying attention or something, and then they got pulled from the shelves right away. I'm sure that's a thing. That <laughs> if it's a thing for comic books, it's a, probably a thing for crossword puzzles. Yeah, there's a lot of ways a cartoon could be cr- crossword puzzle could be rare. And it's usually for very terrible reasons, but still, um, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, but yeah, like, like okay, so. Yeah, the, the the drying off scene was fucking terrible, and then there's like, she, she she gets back in her dress, but then like the dress is fucking up somehow. I don't understand why. The, the button button our dress won't button or something. Was that what that was? I I, I, I just I have maybe, to guess. I, I have know. to guess. It, it, it wasn't communicated very well. No, and um. it, it it just. Uh, and then some mice happen, and they don't have Baron plot, so let's just forget them. The mice um, have literally nothing to do with the rest of the cartoon. And then, like, they, they're back at home, and she's back doing the crossword puzzle outside. And here's the thing. One thing I really will say that uh, for the shorts, like, actual, um, the short that I actually, the thing, like, to its actual, like, point that I really liked is that uh, the... Te- like it is basically mostly the, the technical stuff. And I really love how Alice interacts with the stuff. And I also really like certain stylistic choices. Like I like that instead of having like title cards, pretty much any dialogue that isn't just spoken uh, is done through a speech bubble. And it always like a really well animated speech bubble too. And I always thought that was cool. So there's yeah, a like lot of really cool. cool. There's a really cool stylistic choices I like right there. Uh, but yeah, like, Peg Leg Pete comes in, or Bootleg Pete comes in, and he, like, tries to take her puzzle, and then she slaps him, and then she gets chased around up to a lighthouse, up the lighthouse, and then uh, the the cat asks to come and save her, and the cat dies, and then, but then comes back to life, and then... Well, no, it's, it's a very weird thing where the cat, like, falls 
down and I think the effect they were going for is that the cat like sinks beneath the sand but it just looks like he evaporates <laughs> yeah. um, and because because he comes out of the sand afterwards and then he turns his tail into a spring and he springs up to the top of the lighthouse again where Alice is being attacked and uh <laughs> And then he saves her, and then she's like, oh, I know what the puzzle was about. And uh, she writes in the end in the actual puzzle. There you go. Yep. Um, Those were the words she was looking for. And, like, okay. Um, here's where I'm at with this. So, I don't hate this cartoon. There are things I really, really do hate. I don't like the pedophilia, of course. Yeah. Um, that's, a, and, that's not a cool thing to have at the beginning of Walt Disney's career. Yeah, and also I don't really like that uh, that Alice is a damsel. or like she's, she's either one or two things. She's either a thing that the audience is leering at or is a thing that needs to be saved. Um, and that also sucks. I don't like that. Um all that said, there's so many good bits of animation and technical stuff that, like, I can't fully condemn this cartoon the same way KC has been. You know? I, I don't know. Like, I, of, of the three, I feel like of the three cartoons we watched today, I actually think, in, in my opinion, this one uh, did not, like, of the three we watched, I feel like this one looked the least interesting to me. Is that fair to say? I no, mean, I, I actually, cause like, like obviously, obviously we got the Flesher brothers who we, I think we all agree are fantastic animators. And then we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, Harryhausen who we all, we all praised his visual style. And this one, you know, like it, it had, it had like really cool technical stuff. I agree. Like the speech bubbles. Awesome. Uh, the, the, the blending of uh, of live footage and animation, uh, especially for its time, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, but I don't know. I guess I mean I I feel like maybe for I, its age, it was. I feel like, like okay, so here's here's the thing. Um, uh-huh. I disagree. Because I feel like the worst one we watched was the first one because uh, the 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 Zach Braff cartoon, um, just because like I I I, uh, I I just there's nothing there. It just sort of happened and then it was gone. There was nothing really interesting visually. There's like one visual joke that I actually really liked, uh, and then there's nothing here. I know the, the, at visual, least the visual here. gags themselves were less clever. The drawings themselves, I thought, were better. HG, the yeah, first but, cartoon and the second cartoon didn't make us feel bad. I mean, like, but, I, I, like, look, I, I guess my point is just that, like, the first cartoon was about a dude being emasculated because he can't get a woman for not living up to a, so, like, ideal. The other oh, one yeah. got a rich, the, the second one got a rich guy off uh, for doing, like, you know, all stuff. Like, they're, they're all... They all have their problematic elements. I'm not. It's not like. Yeah, yeah, no, that's like, that's true, and I'm not. I'm not here to argue against yeah. that. I'm just saying, like, like no, if, if if you were to pause, if you were to pause, uh, the cartoon and just look at it as if it was only a picture and not a cartoon. I don't know. I, I, I the main. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't like 
how the Fleischers draw most humans. I think it really looks weird and creepy. Like, I, 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 I don't like how Zach Braff is drawn. I don't. I no, guess so, but I liked, I liked the cow, though. I gotta I got be honest, good. Zach Braff did look animals. like a... Zach Braff did look like a fucking creepy little gremlin. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and like, great. I, and while the animation loop was funny the first time, I don't get it, and I don't understand why he keeps doing it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's such a weird quirk, and yeah, I don't, know I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 it's. Uh, my 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 point is just that like, I like the like if you also consider like the time difference between those cartoons, there's like at least a couple decades between the two, you know. And yeah. the first cartoon basically was trying nothing. <laughs> and the new the one that the was actually trying to be something more and trying to evolve the medium and actually had some really cool, clever bits to it and the, some really nice visual gags and some stylistic choices. The first really and like. second cartoons both had scenes that were all in service of their premise, though. I, mean, I don't I feel I feel like I feel like maybe they were going for different types of uh of quality for I'm these not, cartoons. Like, yeah, I'm like, not belittling your, like, opinion or anything, because it's, it's your opinion, dude, and that's perfectly valid. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just... I... I, I, I guess my... I, I guess I just don't know. I just... I feel like that there's nothing for me to grasp on the other cartoon. Well, I feel like I will be remembering the Alice cartoons pretty much for like a very long time because and they're that's just fine. so interesting. They're actually really interesting to me. That's fine. And so. I'm not going to disagree with that. The Alice cartoons are extremely interesting. I just think that this was a bad one compared to the other ones that we saw tonight. Mm. It, it did feature, it did feature Alice more than the previous yeah, Alice that cartoon is definitely we true. watched. Remember that? that? Yeah. Alice was um, barely in her first one. That, that first Alice cartoon was one of my favorite cartoons we've ever watched on the show. I enjoyed show. that one quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird situation. Uh, obviously that pedophile cat needs to die. Uh, well, and like, it's just like, ugh, I don't know. That yeah. cat, that cat was sleep skeevy gross. And then like everything else, there was some, there are parts which really lulled and there are things I liked. And oh, we didn't mention one sports. thing. Uh, the, the cat, like at the end of the cartoon punches the, uh, bootleg Pete into the horizon. And then he lands and gets speared through the ass. Just like, uh, oh, yeah. he, get, he gets, Nine, very, he gets impaled no, and Bill it Nine. looks, it looks very painful. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, you could like, you could tell that like they were, they're going for was that, Oh, he has pants and that his pants are being like strung up or whatever. But the way the character is designed, it doesn't look like he's wearing any clothes. So no, it looks like, it, it looks like he's impaled through his body so, and it's, so it's it, super uncomfortable looking. It's, it's uncomfortable looking. And it was like, Jesus Christ. It's like, it was like next to that one time. We did where not the fox just was like, it was like next to that time when the Fox was shot in that one rip off of like, uh, like, of like Felix the cat that we saw. <laughs> Remember yeah. that? Like, yeah. like very beginning. Like it was almost as shocking as that to me. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about this one. Same. That's honestly. fair. I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I've, 
of all three of the shorts, uh, King Midas was my favorite. Just overall, I feel like that was the best one. Um, the other two had elements that worked and others that didn't. And I just, I feel like the weakest one was the Zach Braff. But that's my opinion. You could have your opinion, audience. And hosts. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right. So now that we got all that out of the way, uh, let's go on and let's go to our prompts. So, uh, now let me double check something real quick here. Yeah, we, we did not get, let's see. We did not get any new emails, unfortunately. Um, so uh, every week uh, we have a prompt that we give out to our audience. Uh, and basically, like if you want to answer to an older prompt or if you want to have a better chance of being seen on this, because sometimes Twitter is dumb, uh, you could send your responses over to that uh, to uh, Works at gmail.com. Um, but uh, like, like I said, as I implied before, we do also have a Twitter a little thread that we have up uh, every week, which has a little question where you can respond there as well. Our Twitter is Toontown Public. Um, and our prompt for this week was, what was your favorite cartoon from the 90s? Oh, uh, real quick. I uh, So there was a person who did respond to a previous prompt on Twitter. And since we didn't get any emails, I might as well read this off here. Uh, it's from uh, Mr. Flaff. And uh, Mr. Flaff responded, uh, and oh, by the way, our previous prompt was, what was your favorite song from a cartoon? So not like a theme song, but an actual song from the cartoon. So uh, their response was, uh, I'm super late in, I'm, uh, I'm super late for this, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. From uh, Teen Titans Go, controversial I know, uh, Night, Night Begins to Shine by B.E.R., a genuine good 80s anthem that got covers by Fall Out Boy and CeeLo Green. Wait, really? Oh. Yeah, I knew. Uh, I knew that the Fallout Boy. Wait, the Fallout Boy, Jesus, Fallout Boy, the Fallout Boy. Those boys <laughs> from the Fallout Gang. Those, uh, those, uh, those ruffians from their Fallout. The Tunnel Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a video Tunnel game Snakes reference. rule. Uh, but yeah, I knew. I knew that Fallout Boy did cover them. Didn't know about CeeLo Green. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I, I've actually not yeah. listened to that song, but that's cool. That's actually really rad. Uh, CeeLo Grang is always good in my book. Mm. Um, so uh, our prompt for uh, this week was, uh, what was your favorite cartoon from the 90s? Um, so uh, our first response was from Earth Digger. So hello, Earth Digger. Hello. Um, they responded, uh, I'm really tempted to just say all of them. But I have, if I had to choose one, it'd be Batman the Animated Series. It wasn't afraid to be dark and mature without going over the top, and it introduced a lot of things considered classic in Batman, even today. Hell yes. That's a good choice. Yeah. Very yes. good choice. Incredible choice, I would say. Um, that would God, that would I, have been one of my choices if I hadn't already brought it up several, several times for my choices in previous episodes. Yeah, I I feel like that's a problem I have a lot now. Like basically every other, like I've mentioned last week, it's either Zootopia or uh, Steven Universe. If I if it's relevant, I tend to bring those up. 
<laughs> which or Bojack Horseman. Those are like the three that I can't stop talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Batman. We've talked a ton about Batman. Batman's really good. Batman, 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 Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, so thank you, Earth Digger. Thanks. Uh, we got we got one from uh, Kig. Uh, whoa. Wow. <laughs> I really misspelled that. Uh, Kim Pegasus. Uh, Kim Pegasus says, uh, Animaniacs. It's quintessentially 90s, yet still enjoyable to this day. And yeah, that's a that's a good response, too. I think we talked a lot about Animaniacs as well. So, oh, boy. It, it's um, a shame that Spielberg, like, the Amblin kids entertainment, like, stuff sort of, like, fell to the wayside. Yeah, it really did. They put um, out some great on, stuff. But, you know, you can play Ted Turner for that. So. Wait, really? What what happened there? Um, so I don't know how true this necessarily is, but from what I from how I understand the situation, um, so Animaniacs was like super high in the ratings, uh, as well as other shows from that era, you know. Uh but uh they're watched mainly by college kids and like older audiences, audiences that wouldn't necessarily buy for the advertisements of like trick cereal or like uh, the toys that get advertised during that block, you know, and because of that, uh, Ted Turner uh, basically pulled the plug on those products. So they just weren't not they just weren't selling as much merch like they were getting great ratings, but the advertisers were not getting exactly what they wanted. So, Man, Ted killed a lot of cartoons I loved, huh? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so, Ted Turner, and let's move on. Thank you very much, Kim Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Colorize these nuts. Okay, what's going on now? All right. Uh, we got one from uh, Closet Extrovert. Uh, so, uh, Closet says, uh, Reboot. I watched the heck out of it growing up, and it was really groundbreaking in the full... full the, whoa. Groundbreaking is the first fully CGI cartoon. Uh, it didn't hurt that all the game references were a blast. I never watched Reboot. I, saw, yeah, I haven't I seen I, it. I think I saw an episode of Reboot once. It was, it was a pretty fun show. Uh, sorry about the remake. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't really say, like, my... 90s kid show that had like CG weird early CGI that I watched a lot was that Johnny Quest remake. I didn't I wasn't even aware of that. That was a good one. Yeah, that was like a there was a Johnny Quest uh series. I think it lasted maybe a couple seasons or something like that. I don't know the exact length, but basically uh it involved Johnny Quest go- and like the crew going to like virtual reality <laughs> and it looked huh. like, yeah. And it had like these, it was like this weird wireframe reality thing. It was, I, it, it's, um, on I paper that sounds ridiculous and very like nineties in the bad sort of way, but it was a very, very good series. Like, I, like, you know how the original one was, Basically, it took sort of the adventure feel of the original one and made it more serious. Hmm. That was okay. a good series. I actually never watched it. Um, I remember as a kid, I only watched it for the CG scenes. <laughs> like, if there's anything else, I just kind of tuned out. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, thank you very much, Classic Introvert. Whoa. 
my mouth is not obeying me today. Wow. Closet, whoa, closet extrovert. Thank you. Okay. We just we just learned <laughs> from a day crew experiment. HT can't talk during the day. No, I, well, I can't talk during the night either. I just can't speak. <laughs> I'm bad at talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, we got another response from uh, Dr. B. Hey, Gail. Hello, hello Dr. Uh, they said, uh, it's quite a stretch since it started in the late 1990s, but, uh, or late 1999. Well, except that. Uh, but uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. The horror and comedy mixed with the occasional moments of heart. Uh, that was, it was, yeah, that's, that, that was what it was. That's definitely what it was. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am riffing off this guy's tweet because I, I read that wrong. I am so sorry. Okay. I am the least professional person alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, the horror and comedy has mixed well with the occasional moments of heart. Not to mention the art cell is great. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I've said yeah. it. I've said it before. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, I think, is the best Cartoon Network show that has ever been made. Uh, I would largely agree. With it's that. really good K horror stuff. It's really good, really, really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, ah, oh, sh- um, I could have put that as like my favorite horror cartoon when I, that one person was asking that. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I could have said that too. Dang. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> Bummer. Oops. Oopsie doopsie. We we did a fucky wookie. That's not gonna make it, that's not gonna make any sense once we censor that. <laughs> that's what really sucks. Uh, thank you for writing in. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Uh and we got uh the Wonder Gomer uh writing in. Uh and they said, uh, I'm torn between Darkwing Duck and Mega Man. Um, okay, so first off, Darkwing Duck is fantastic. Uh, it is a good parody of those kind of superheroes. I've been watching that in between episodes of Scooby-Doo this week. Yeah. Yeah. I love Love Darkwing Duck. Great theme song. Darkwing Duck. When there's trouble, you call the... The best line line in the opening theme is, Better watch out, you bad boys. That's, that's <laughs> such a good, well-delivered line in that opening. It's so good. Like, I love the era where, like, theme songs like that, like, had no sense of irony. Like, they were yeah. just like, like, Tailspin, like, Tailspin, that theme song is a jam. That is a good theme song. Same with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And Same think about Goof both Troop. of those premises. And get go through, go through. That is a really good song. Like, yeah, what is with Disney just having these like these really bopping songs? I remember, I remember being just, in a car and like Higher Love by Steve Winwood was on the radio, and because it was turned down so low, I was like, wait, is this the Goof Troop theme song? <laughs> <laughs> that really happened to me in real life. I'm um, sure it did. The Mega Man show I have never seen. I've seen. I have. Oh? Yeah, I have. I've seen a couple episodes. It's weird because they play up Pro Man as a villain in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 The only Mega Man episode I've seen is the most infamous out of nowhere one. Are you talking the, about the one the with the sh- lions? 
Yes, I am talking about the Long Alliance, the one with the <laughs> where where a cosmic event causes a tomb full of mummies that are actually lion men <laughs> to come alive and turn the world into lion people. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. You what? know, just like the video game. <laughs> <laughs> like I like I, I to this day. And I, I, I'm actually going to pause in my audience this real quick. If anyone, anyone could explain what cultural phenomenon caused that plot to happen, please let me know. Like, is this like a reference to some Japanese myth or some myth from another country? You know. Animated or something? You like, know. Is this, I, I, or is I this just completely out of nowhere? Is this just completely nonsense? You know, I have an answer for that, but it's really easy and low-hanging fruit, so I'm just not going to say it. Because they horny? I mean, basically, we we didn't have to say it, but... <laughs> yeah, they horny. Well, we did. You know, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's weird how, like, off the mark a bunch of different, like, adaptations of Mega Man, like TV shows and co- comics and stuff get, because, like, Mighty you know... Mighty number nine. Yes. But also, <laughs> speaking of cartoons, Captain N, where uh, he was, Mega. yeah, nothing Mega like the, high. nothing like the, nothing like the actual games and stuff. There was a comic adaptation down in Brazil where the writer and like drawer basically hijacked it to sort of like one issue, like give a whole screed about how. The Brazilian comics industry didn't have its own like stuff and it was all being like taken over by having to do adaptations of like Western properties and stuff. It's it's weird. It's weird. Whoa. Yeah. That sounds actually really rad. I actually kind of it, it was <laughs> it was it was out there. It's yeah. It's 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 honestly not as good as you're picturing it though. Ah, that sucks. <laughs> cause I, I cause that is kind of true. Uh, like, because one of the biggest comic characters in Brazil is Jose Cuerco. <laughs> uh, A.K.A. the the parrot from uh, Three Caballeros. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, let me just double check something. And what, is yes, that, the, yeah, is that is that on email replies on email and Twitter is, replies rather? Yes, that is it for today. Okay, so, so uh, thank you, everyone. Who we, uh, who, which one of us would like to start on answering uh, answering this? I can go first if you'd like. All right, go right ahead. Okay, so, and like I said, in the interest of sticking away from answers that I have already said in the past, like Spider-Man, which I really, really loved, X-Men, same thing, and uh, Batman, because, once again, I've said it a bunch. I'm Our little saying, comic book kitty. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love superheroes. You know this. I know this, yes, I do. I am going to say Dexter's Laboratory. Ah, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Good no, answer. Not just because the central premise and the humor in the central premise is really, really good, but also because it did stuff that you don't really see cartoons do that much of nowadays, where, like, they would do side episodes and, like, Little like a uh, little chunks of episodes dedicated to different premises, like the Justice Friends and Dial M for Monkey and that sort of stuff. 
I also my, remember, and they're all they're all in the same universe, which is yeah. cool. So it's it's not it's not so much like a like a you know like a, a variety show. And yeah. I also like I, I remember the episode very distinctly that had no dialogue. Like they had they had one episode about oh, yeah. getting a light bulb replaced, and yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no speaking lines in the entire thing, and that was like that was like a really cool, uh, like change of format and they they did that type of thing a lot in that show there's an episode where dexter and dd say a lot <laughs> and there's also omelette well, du fromage no, omelette du well, fromage no, no, is still so, so, a hilarious so, so, episode i'm not i'm not kidding there there was an episode that didn't make into air it was just a kind they, of a they screened it like cons and stuff right yeah they screened it at cons and stuff and that there for a little while it was available censored online on like uh like Adult Swim, but yeah, it was just a writers' room in like a, something just for the team itself. Where it was an entire episode where Dee Dee and Dexter had their politeness removed from their body, and because of that, they were f- cursing and f- saying f- it, like doing rude gestures and just like being terrible, terrible people the entire time. And it's actually really incredible to see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a. But no, yeah, Dexter's Lab was a fantastic series. Uh, there's a lot of really good, good, good episodes. Yeah. Um, like, and it, it honestly, stuff, uh, th- the other day uh, I saw a shirt that had the Justice Friends on it. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I want this so bad. Because <laughs> like, holy crap, that was like, Honestly, uh, I feel like Justin Friends was my first real exposure to Captain America and Thor. (laughs) 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 And, like, I know that they're nothing like the actual versions of those characters, but, like, good lord. Um, (laughs) um, But, yeah, it was, and it's a great show. It was a really good show. Dylan from Monkey was also really getting good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I just agree with all of you. I'm not going to make any more salient points. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> um, so uh, go ahead. So Casey, do you got something? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So this isn't this isn't going to be a surprise to anyone. I think I've already said it on the show before. Uh, but my favorite cartoon from the '90s or any decade, for that matter, is Pinky and the Brain. Oh, I was gonna. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna try so to do like, something where, yeah, I was gonna try to say Tiny Tunes at the same time as you do that, just so I can. With you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like Tiny Tunes half of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pinky, yeah, I don't, I DuckTales. don't feel like. Uh, yeah, I like Ducktales half of the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, P- Pinky in the Brain. Um, well, I don't know. I don't feel like I don't feel like I have a whole lot that I should elaborate on because I've already said so much. Uh, I just think it's right. very, very clever, very funny, and uh, and very well made, and it just happens to be right out there in my wheelhouse. Uh, yes. Yep. What about you, All HD? Right. Um. So if I'm gonna be with my perfectly honest answer, um, it would be either Curse of Carly Dog or Pinky in the Brain. Uh. Mm-hmm. Those would be like the two that I probably would have gravitated towards. Uh, but since I am not doing that, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a bit of a curveball. And I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, hey, Harold. 
That's um, a really good choice. Yeah. Like, um, I, I will say that, like, um, that, you know, this, this is kind of like a, like, uh, this is kind of like a third choice, obviously, because I don't mm-hmm. have anything new to say about, like, Pinking the Brain or, uh, do things to say about, like, Courage Cowardly Dog. Because pretty much everyone, like, I've, I've talked about those both in the past, but I haven't talked about Hey Arnold. Uh, and I think Hey Arnold was a pretty formative series for me in a lot of ways. Um, and there's just so much really good stuff that happened in there. Um, and like, I mean, obviously the star of the show is Helga (laughs) in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. She is the most interesting character on that show and by a large margin. Um, and, uh, there was this, there was actually kind of like a, that's a funny story, uh, uh, that, well, not funny. It's actually kind of sad because basically, uh, the guy who made uh harold uh he actually had a couple things he was trying one he was trying to do a fun finale finale movie uh where like it revealed like art like uh, arnold's like parents like like if they're still alive or anything like that that's coming though and like it was supposed to be yes the, the I think that may have, yeah and, i think that may uh, have actually came out yes but it did it did come out uh last year I actually still haven't seen it. Uh, I do want to see it. But yeah, it basically was the finale for the series that he'd been wanting to do for years. It even also reveals what Arnold's last name is. Um, uh, but like the, the other thing he was going to do is he wanted to do uh, a series on MTV that would have starred Helga. And it would have been her as a teenager and having to live in like the big city as a teenage woman and the stuff that she has to deal with because of that. And, uh, like, at, and, and at that time, Arnold and Helga would be dating and, like, there'd be, like, stuff about that. And, yeah, the thing, though, is that uh, when he pitched it over to MTV, they didn't do it because at the same time, Daria was going on and Daria was basically the same kind of show as them. And they didn't want two of the same type of show on their network, basically. To and be fair, like, you got Daria out of that, though. I mean, sure, Daria's freaking fantastic i would never trade daria for this hypothetical series that i'd never even seen um but there's no reason why they couldn't have both shows i'm sorry like there's so many like if we're talking about television there's so many shows that have very similar premises playing at the exact same time and there's you could just make it a power hour the helga daria power hour that's that would rule i'm sorry that'd be really good especially since uh helga would be more about like a big city life while like Daria is more like about like white suburbia, more or less, you know, uh, rich, idyllic white suburbia and satiring that. Well, uh, how could it be more like the actual city? Yeah. And there, the there's city. there's a thousand cartoons out there about what it's like to grow up in the suburbs. Uh, exactly. And hey, hey, Arnold like, is hey Arnold. one of the only <laughs> ones I can think of that's actually about what it's like being a kid uh, growing up in the city you know, in, in an urban environment, yeah. uh, specifically, um, like specifically, a, a very, a very multicultural, uh, and, uh, and, a presumably low income neighborhood. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of maturity, but like, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, I'm yeah, sorry, did I cut you off, Casey? No. Okay. There was a lot of maturity in that cartoon, you know, but they still made it fun for kids, which is which is a pretty good balance. 
Yeah, like uh, Helga's episodes where like she dealt with her family was really good. Like where she actually goes see a therapist, which is actually was like a really cool thing for me because I was actually going through therapy at the time. So it was like really cool to see a show actually show that in a positive way, you know? Um, there was also a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, just there, there, there's a lot of really cool like stuff like I, I also really like how there's an episode where a small town uh, like business owner uh, basically wins the election against a rich uh, politician who doesn't seem to give a shit about the lower, little people, you know, like that was the episode with uh, the butcher becoming the mayor of the town, you know, uh, then there was. God, there's so many really good, good, good episodes when you go back and think about it. It's there's also episodes that are like genuinely really scary. Like the Halloween episodes were pretty fucking scary at times. Specifically the one with the train guy, the train ghost. Train like, episode that was one, good. Like, that one like really that one like gave me nightmares as a kid, actually. <laughs> um That one story in that one episode about the uh what the uh it was like a, uh, did they say it was in New York? Cause they made no, a reference. It's, 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 it's an amount. It's purposely an amalgamation of okay. a bunch of different cities. So it's like St. Louis meets San Francisco meets New there, York. There was this basically. one story in like this one episode where like, it's very like, it's very obviously mean to like bring up images of like the central park, like carriages and stuff with the woman getting on the carriage and then screaming at the dude to just keep going, keep going faster and faster until like, uh, his head gets taken off by a branch. That was a, that was a good story. That that one's a really good one. Has a really creepy ending too. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, like it's a, uh, yeah, it's a good show. I, I, I wish I could talk more about it because I haven't seen many episodes recently. So I don't have a lot of really salient points I could make, uh, but it's a it, it's a genuinely really good show that was very impactful to my youth, and it was probably one of the few Nickelodeon shows that still is really watchable today. Like that and Rocco's Modern Life, I would say, are like the two big ones that are still worth watching. Mm-hmm. All right, so that should do it then. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's figure out what our next prompt is. Hmm. You guys got any suggestions? Oh, I had a really good one yesterday, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I um, have nothing myself. K C K C. You can K-C, do it, dog. K C K C K C K C K C. What was it? Was it inspired by the nineties oh. thing? No, it was who who is the cutest cartoon character? <gasps> yes, That's it. I love That's this. It. That's the yes! one. That's the one. What is the cutest cartoon character? We are doing this. All right. That's the one. Which is the boy <laughs> yeah. that you want to kiss the most? Who is one you would like to smooch or maybe hug or just, you know, think is be a cool person to be around? Who is maybe may, maybe not smooch or hug because that that might take in a different direction. Yeah, if, if, if you don't want to be a smooch or hug or something like that, that's fine. You could also just do cute as in like they are fluffy boys that you want to protect. You know, it could be a lot of things. Yeah, it's a wide spectrum. So yep. yes. interpret it, interpret it however you want. All right. So, uh, yeah, if you want to respond to that or any of our previous prompts, you can always shoot us an email at 
toontownpublicworks at gmail.com. When this episode comes up, uh, there will be a Twitter uh, post where you can reply uh, with the hashtag Toontown uh, prompt. Yeah, and just make sure you put that hashtag. Some people have been doing that. I've been a little bit more lenient about that lately, but I, I, I just, I, I'm, I also don't want to lose your response in the shuffle. That's why we have the hashtag. Yeah. So please, please put that hashtag in there. And our Twitter is uh, Toontown Public. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, so uh, that should do it for today. Um, now, thanks uh, to our the- editors. Yeah. Yes. Alex, thank you very thank much, th- Aki Alex, and Alex. Aki, thank you so much for this. The show could not be done without your help, and we really appreciate your, uh, your, uh, yes. yeah, your hard work on this. Your so creative you. and professional input. Yeah, yes, and so f- we're really glad that we're able to help you out now with the Patreon, that we're starting to be able to do that. Yes, uh, we should uh, mention, uh, well, first off, uh, thank Alex for Alex and thank Aki for Aki. Uh, but we should also mention that, yes, we do have a Patreon. Um, so uh, our Patreon is uh, at patreon.com slash ttpw. Uh, and basically, what we have a couple things. If you donate $5 a month, you can uh, go ahead. You'll be able to listen to uh, a bonus podcast where we watch really bad cartoons, movies, and see... Uh, try to say something nice about them. We've already watched the Emoji movie and we've already watched uh, Alpha Omega. It looks like the next one we're going to be watch is uh, an extremely goofy movie. That is most likely our next one. So uh, Is that what the poll's showing so far? Yeah, it's like overwhelmingly that movie. Um, So it's time to get it's time to get our uh, X Games fever going. Get that hype going. Yeah, got to get that Gatorade. Uh, Give but, me all yeah. of the football milk. <laughs> that, <laughs> that beautiful football. <laughs> God. Um, but yes. HG, uh, I should be allowed to run the podcast now because I have the most energy. <clears throat> Fine. Go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, I was um, just making a joke. Keep going. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so and, and also if you donate $10 a month, uh, you can actually suggest a cartoon for us. Uh, we actually did get one person who has done uh, given a suggestion. They have not given their suggestion just yet, uh, but hopefully by next episode we'll have that. So uh, this is me not so subtly telling them to please respond to my message on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so please, because I'd, I'd love to hear from you and I'd like to see what you have. Um, uh so uh, you can find us on our website, Toontown Public Works at, uh, wow, I almost said at Just toontownpublicworks.com. Yep, just toontownpublicworks.com. And uh, you yes. can read the show notes there and you can watch the cartoons that we watched today. Yes. Uh, and one last thing else? I think was be yeah. that, did I just say was be? Jesus. Was be. Now I'm the one, now you're the one who can't talk. My voice, it's falling apart. Okay. Good. Um, so, on iTunes and other places where you may find us and pick us up, we would really appreciate it if you could leave reviews for us because with the al- way that the algorithms on iTunes and those sort of places work, those help us, like, get bumped up in people's, like, feeds and stuff. And we, if you want to leave us, like, a five-star review, that would be really helpful and cool. But if you also want to give us, uh, 
like critical advice on how we could make podcasts fair. That would also be extremely awesome. Yeah, like it's it, it serves multiple functions for us. Like we actually do look at the reviews, uh, and you know, as as long as the criticism isn't like you telling us we're balls, uh, you know, we're f- we we can like look over it and like see what we could do to improve ourselves, and that's gonna be helpful for us. Also, I already know that, so yes. Well, yeah, I know I know I am balls because <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, and let's see, yeah, I believe yeah, that's everything. So. Thank you for joining us again. Um, I've been HT the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I continue to be Cirque the Cat. All right. And this has been Toontown Public Works. And these cartoons, they've been archived. Betty, will you marry me? No. Why? Why? <laughs>